It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, y'all. Welcome to my brand new podcast, Huey Off the Record. I'm excited about this new chapter and this new venture because it's a place for me to have the conversations I want to have with the people I want to have them with. You know, without tooting my own horn, I feel I have a unique perspective on a few things. I've been a U.S. Marine. I've toured the world and sold out stadiums with my band Fun Loving Criminals. I'm a broadcaster, an author, and now a family man, too. And through all of it, I've seen some weird and wild things and met some crazy, interesting, cool people. I've seen a lot of the world, and I want to use this podcast to share a little of that with you through these conversations. I think those of you who already know me will know that I'm only ever going to talk to people I like and find interesting. Whatever happens, whoever I'm talking to, wherever we go conversationally, it's always going to be real. Here on Huey Off the Record. And we're kicking off the pod with the pod father himself, my man, Ricky Gervais. The dude really needs no introduction, but in case you've lived under a rock for the last 15, 20, dude is a writer, director, comedian, actor, producer, director, (laughs) I said that twice, author, and one of the most successful podcasters ever with the Ricky Gervais show before this shit was cool, man. Among many other things, he's the creator of hit shows, The Office and Extras, the movie Life on the Road. He got seven BAFTAs. Five British Comedy Awards, three Golden Globes, two Emmys, and a little something you might not know about him. It's something we talk about in this episode. When he was a little young guy about town in the 80s, he was a wannabe pop star and the manager of that band Suede. Hmm. Yeah, you should totally Google that shit. When we spoke, he was right about to start. Well, she had started a couple shows of his last stand-up tour, Humanity, the first one in seven years, which I went to see with my wife a few days before we recorded the first part of the pod. It was awesome. He's an amazing, funny guy, like we all know. Great insights, you know, pragmatism at his best. Someone you can tell really honed his craft over the years, and I respect that. So, yeah, we get into it uh, on the episode talking about fame, show business, social media, of course, religion, and weird science. The time Ricky thought he was having a heart attack on stage because he took too many cold meds, like flu stuff, you know, kinds of vibes you out. And how I know mob dudes. But Ricky doesn't know mob dudes, so we don't talk too much about that. And I should also mention that this wasn't the first time we recorded this conversation. I'm new to this podcasting stuff, and the first time I met with Ricky, I had like an iPod and a phone, and I just tried to record everything, didn't record nothing. Ricky's cool, generous guy. He was happy to meet me and shoot the shit with me again. And honestly, the second time was better. 
so you can thank my inspired podcasting skills for that one. And before we begin, my producer told me this is important, so I'm going to say this up front. If you like this podcast and want to hear more from me and the people I speak with that I know, (laughs) don't forget to leave a rating and review and click the subscribe on your favorite podcast joint and get the brand new Huey off the record episodes direct to your device every week, baby. And yep, I'm going to remind you that again before we finish up here today. So turn on, well, I guess you already did that, tune down and drop in. I hope you enjoy my first podcast with my man, Ricky Gervais. But yeah, I mean, I got to a point where I just wanted to do what I do well. So when they, they were talking about, oh, you should do this guy, this guy, I don't know that person. I wouldn't know what to talk to them about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, 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 I try and do things that I don't want to be, I don't want to ever feel like an imposter. Mm. I get offered things that you know they say things oh this would be good for your profile or oh you'd be great here and I think but what do people think well why is he doing that why is he why is he going on news night talking about politics mm-hmm. what, why is he why is he comparing the wrestling why is he do you know what I mean <laughs> I, it, I have no interest in, yeah. in uh, I mean, but if you did really like wrestling well that's fine it makes sense right that was fine yeah yeah but um, no I try and do things that that one that I that I'm passionate about and two there is a certain degree of a responsibility to the audience because they know they know what I care about and what I do and I can have new interests and I can change my mind but um, I, I think they know the difference that when I talk about comedy or animal rights than if I was suddenly a pundit for something that I'd never mentioned before yeah. why am I doing that And because there are professional pundits yeah, and they're great the some people can talk about anything they do a bit of research I remember I remember those things. Remember those things. I love nineteen ninety and stuff, right? Yeah, all those things. Yeah, yeah, it was always the same people, right? And they were remembering adverts from it because they just watched them. Yeah, they'd watched them to get the interview to yeah. get five hundred dollars. You know, yeah, I, 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 I asked to do all that shit all the time, and they asked me to do that, and like, I, they asked me to do a Bond theme thing, and I was like, yeah, we did a Bond theme. The criminals did. We have all the time in the world. So I went there. And I didn't know I was getting paid. I could have gotten 500 out of them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and even I go there and they're like, what's the worst Bond song? And I slag Adele off, right? And I, just, I didn't do it hard. I was just like, I didn't like that song. And they called me back and they said, can you, uh, can you come back in and, and expound on that? I was like, no, why? I was, oh. you, know, you know, they always kind of look for people to do dumb shit. And I think oh, a lot of people every- end up doing is dumb shit. Everything's clickbait. Yeah. Everyone wants a feud. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can do I can do an hour interview, and someone asked me something about happened the day before, and I go, "Oh, I'm not interested in that," or "I shouldn't, I should do it." But the headline is says he's not interested in something. Well, then don't. It, that's not fair. Yeah, that's you know, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, they. Everyone now, and this is what's this is what's you know happening. I think more and more particularly the last 12 months um, people want they need drama they want to be on mm. there's only two sides now and it's ridiculous people are split down the middle you yeah, know well, it, it's, it's the us and them thing but do you yeah. remember when 
that the reality TV started coming out over here. It was like Big Brother or something like that. It was yeah. like 15 years, 16 years. I remember it really well. I loved it. Yeah, well, at first, you're kind of like, wow. A social good. experiment. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And now everybody's a social experiment. It was a, well, you know, that that's how it started. That was, you know, and it was what Life on the Road was sort of about. It was, the, it was about how the world had changed in 15 years behind David Brent's back because, you know, he was one of those early reality stars, yeah. you know, which was, you know, it was a quainter time. It was when people, ordinary people, got their 15 minutes of fame and that was it and, and they, they got were happy with that and then they got on with their lives now they got a, they've got a DVD to show the kids right yeah, exactly. but now it's a job <laughs> now it's an obsession now it's yeah. like a, it's nearly a mental illness I think now and um, people that's a, good, that's a good idea because I was thinking like I was thinking one time about when you know like everybody does the side words David Brent looks now that's like kind of like part of our, our culture which I think is great but it's also you see people doing that to nobody and that's when it starts becoming a bit of a mental illness. Oh. When someone just like, if I'm talking to you, and I go, yeah, you know, that's I know. Like, I mean, but also, even in reality, so-called reality now, there's actually a category for award shows called constructed reality, and that's those things where you know those. I, I know I, I could be wrong on some of these things. I, I don't want to diss things that, that don't do it, but it, it feels to me like things like the Housewives of Here and There and Made in Chelsea. The producer says, oh, um, sit down, you're going to have an argument now. Or, you know, and, and you're, they're not on the... It, it, there's impossible coincidence. They sit down and go, where were you so-and-so? Well, the production team has told you that because you couldn't know that. So they have contrived... Is it turning into wrestling, man? Well, like, I, 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 wrestling, I, I think so. I think so. I think life has turned into that because now, now over the last sort of like, as I say, 15, 20 years where people have started living their life like an open wound to stay famous and stay relevant and be popular. And that's all it was. It was people seeing fame as a shortcut to happiness. And they've forgotten that. They've forgotten what the aim was. They've forgotten that, you know, they thought, oh, if I did this, I'd be happy. Now they just now they just think fame, fame, fame for no other reason than being famous, right? And they've 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 sort of they've just gone for the middleman. They've forgotten what the yeah. end, you know, it was a byproduct fame. Like, exactly, up, that, I mean, of course. I mean, we did touch on it last time. I do remember we were talking about music, right? And you and you you mentioned. Yeah, if you you shouldn't have wanted to be a pop star. That's what that was my mistake when I was twenty. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to be a pop star and I should have wanted to be a musician. And I carried that with me when I did this job, and I knew I wanted to be a creative. You know, see that stuck with me too because that's a you know that's kind of how I looked at it when I put my first record out. It's like, oh shit, I got to be on the cover. Oh shit, I got to go photo shoot. Oh, I'd rather have money than fame was one of my lyrics, right? So it's kind of like I understood that there was part of it. But at first, I didn't think it was that immediate with the band. I mean, we put a record out, and next thing we know, we were playing these big festivals over here and playing with U2, and it was like... Pfft. Do you think... Now, that, that's funny, isn't it? Because um, uh, there's, a, there's a... What's the... What's the, what's the one? Is it... There's a film like Godfather 3 where the bloke <laughs> wants to be yeah. famous, yeah, yeah. and then the guy goes... You're on the cover of so and so. You're a gangster. Why are you? Why are you yeah. trying? It's like it's, it's like Bugsy Siegel, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But no, no. Every everyone wants to be famous, right? It's not enough. For, billionaires want to be famous. Donald Trump yeah, was given. Be, he yeah. was a billionaire, yeah, he right? No he, then he wanted a reality show. He wanted, he, he, and now he wants to be the president. It's 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 like. It's you like collecting. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, but um, I, I think that it's now. There's a whole generation who understands fame as a job. Yeah, it just, it's strange, man. Because I was in a hotel in London recently when my band was playing. My wife was with me, and I was, one of the girls that was with my 
my wife's friends and, and the other guy in the band's wife said, oh, that's, that's that dude from that show. And there was some kid there who looked like a parody of a hip-hop guy. Yeah. He was like a white guy with a hat on sideways, sure. big tongue sticking out of the thing. And I was like, who is this guy? And he was like, you know. Looks like a, a logo on a skateboard. Yeah, really, like, really. Like, <laughs> I went last minute in, in Brooklyn on my old school. And, like, and he's like, yo, telling people yo and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, my goodness. And yeah. he was on some Essex show. We were talking about the Essex Right. And, you know, apparently he's very, very famous. But you can yeah. see that he really doesn't know what he's supposed to do with that. You know of course. And also, it's fame is so relative to the, the circles you move in, yeah, your demographic, yeah. what you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, you know, I, I've been told, you know, this guy, he's, um, he's got a, a, a billion YouTube followers. He's the most famous person amongst 13-year-old girls. And of course, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's, it's like, it doesn't mean... The fame doesn't mean anything anyway, per se. Yeah, no, it, it, I agree with you on that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice if you're at a restaurant and you're waiting with your girl or something, and the guy goes, "Oh, hey, you know, I like what you do. I've got to take." I talk like, about that. Cool. I talk yeah. about that in my stand-up. Oh, really? that, that, that you know, it, it, I, I've I, you know, I, I became. I became wealthy late in life. I became famous late in life. I've got all the same values, but you do get spoiled. Yeah. And, and I talk about... Oh, no, I, I did like the spoiled video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the first yeah. time you get walk through customs, yeah, yeah. you're embarrassed, your head's down, yeah. you're looking at your watch pretending you're late. Mm -hmm. The second time you go, where's that bloke who walks us through? Where's you know? fucking Jimmy? Yeah. But it's funny because with fame, you know, the reason you sort of travel like that and is, is because... I'm trying to get my privacy back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If they said, uh, it's not because I think that I should be treated differently, I think I should be treated the same. And sometimes the only way you can be treated the same is to travel more luxuriously so you get your privacy back. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? If they, if, they said, if they said first class is really busy, but coach is empty, I'd go in coach. Yeah. I'd go, I'll go in coach. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to put you... It's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want I want the, the quietest most private room and table well just the fact I, that you're not playing private all the time is a good example of that you know exactly I I, 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 um, I just I just I mean that's the bad thing about fame that you miss your anonymity yeah. you want to be able to turn it on and off I, I had a thing going on in America that was great I put a record out it did well everywhere else but America Everywhere else. So I go home. I was anonymous. It was great. That's great. Like every time I came home from, from the, the, the passport dude would look at me and be like, and they swipe it. He's like, you know, what do you do? I was like, I play in a band. He's like, what band? I tell him, he's like, never heard of you. Welcome home. And it was great because it was like leveling. It but it's funny. When I go to America and I'm going through customs, I want that guy above all else to say, hey, I saw you on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, have but a nice day. There were a couple of times... Then I come to England, they're just like, oh, I'm not going to do that, Huey. Come on through. Or can you sign this and stuff like that? Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool when you go and play someplace. Do you live most of the time in LA or something? No, I live I live most of the time yeah. in London. See, see, but it's funny, isn't it? Because we I was in New York a lot of the time, and it, it would be great because I'd still yeah. get the stories, I could still study yeah. people, and no one was like, who's that weird guy from the band looking at us for? It's like, you know. But it's funny, isn't it? Because we, we want everything. We do want yeah. to. We do <laughs> want. We, we do, do yeah, want yeah. the table when mm -hmm. we need it, but then we want no one to see us when we're sitting at that table. Yeah. We don't want to be bothered. Well, in New it's, York, I knew I, I knew a lot of guys. Right, I knew people who killed people and stuff like that, like all the mob dudes. So if I went somewhere 
chances are they knew I'd just that like person. to say for this podcast I don't know anyone who's killed <laughs> I don't really know this guy I, I don't I, I, well, you know I, mean? I don't know anything I've never seen anything I, I wasn't there <laughs> but it actually is great because that was the best of both worlds that no one knew who the fuck I was they used to call us the Sopranos at this one nightclub right this is so, like whatever well this is so funny right now this is why I brought up the Godfather but I didn't want to insult you because when you said when you said you know I didn't I wanted money not I would say that's like that's like gangster talk it really is. and I thought I can't say that to him so I, I, I told a story about a yeah. film <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for trying to spare my feelings I appreciate that man but like, I knew that this was a hustle the music thing was a hustle when I got into it I knew that but I knew that I was actually good at that so it was kind of like I knew it was a game and I had to play and things but yeah. I knew that I could play music and it was a passion of mine so I didn't feel like too much of an imposter throughout the whole thing but yeah I, I, a lot of times I was like you know do you see, so we've got different feelings because I I feared fame for a very different reason, and that was, um, you know, I I I I was never one for gossip. I don't read those tabloid stories. Uh, you know, I watch TV and I go, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> I don't like, know. Yeah, like I don't know anyone who's had an affair with someone else's husband or, you know what I mean, the footballer who took coke. I don't care. I, you I, have I, other shit to do. Man. Yeah. Like, I, I have other shit to do as yeah. well. So. And I don't know that it's true. So I don't want to be part of that gossip, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I feared that. I didn't want, I never signed that deal with the devil. Um, make me famous and you can go through my bins. Yeah. And I feared... I also didn't want to be lumped in with those people that do anything to be famous. Mm-hmm. So I was very, I was probably over-cautious. I was very combative. I was very sort of private. And I was, I was, I was militant about, you know, I'm not that guy. You know, I do my own thing. I do, you're never going to see me falling out of a nightclub on coke. You know what I mean? You're never, yeah, you know. Yeah, because you do it in your own, well, I'm going to see you <laughs> You fall out of that shit in your own driveway in your walled off compound somewhere. That's what I always said. If I was going to do something, I'm a private guy. Yeah. And I got lucky too when I was later in life. When we, when the band got signed when we were 27. I was 27. So I was a grown up. I'd been a Marine and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I knew what was up. But I also wasn't subjected to all this crazy internet shit that's going on now. Well, so I think so. Ago, so it was I like, mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't even do that in part. I know I don't. I haven't got any of those habits. I don't do drugs. I don't. I don't gamble. You know. I don't. I. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not one of those guys. Like my. My idea of a night out is a night in on the couch drinking a bottle of wine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do. So, I know exactly what you mean. And so, uh, I, I. You know. I didn't have anything to hide. But that doesn't matter yeah. because it doesn't have to be true. They can just make shit up. Well, so I feared that as well. And I. And I think I was overcautious and I was slightly phobic. And now I'm over it. I feared the first bit of criticism. I feared yeah. the first bad review. And when it happened, I thought, hey, I'm not dead. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? So now I don't care. Now, now I even wind people up. Now I say stupid things. Now I say things like, I'm going to start crack when I'm 60 because I don't care what they print. What was that movie Alan Arkin was in where he was like an 80-year-old dude who had just started doing heroin and cocaine and stuff. Mm. He's like, I'm it's 80. Drugs are for old people. Well, that, yeah. It was, yeah, exactly. Was, was it Little Miss Sunshine? Was that yeah, it? yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a weird, what yeah. a movie, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, listen, um, I, I am, I'm sort of... I'm, trying to get the best out of my body, but my body is something that just takes my mind round, yep. you know? That's why I want my body to be healthy, so my mind mm-hmm. stays healthy. Yeah. When, when, when it goes, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, have, I'll have a few good years, and then, <laughs> then I want to go into a chemist and go, give me the pill. Well, dude, you I'll know, that's, you, what, that, you, that, you don't have to get to that. You ever read this book called The Singularity is Near? No. You know the guy Ray Kurzweil who made the synthesizers back in the day? Yeah. Now he's a mad scientist. He made, a, he made his first synth when he was like 12 or some shit. He's like one of those crazy guys. 
but in a good way. And he wrote this book called The Singularities Near, and it has to do with biology and technology merging. This is really strange. You know, you probably heard a little so bit. So we're going to be a mind in a box soon, are we? Essentially, you know, you could be a mind that will travel around in a robot. Or say your 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 lungs not doing good. You smoked a lot, right? You can they can grow you a new lung out of your own stem cells, pretty much. Sure. Now, if you oh, stem money. cells are amazing. I mean, a lot of times I think it's only being blocked because the religious right. Yeah. Think that, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, stem cells can cure stuff now. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're making it to the point where I knew a guy. I did it gig in Oxford back in, you know, the 90s, and some kid was like the head of the student union, he's like a gen- geneticist, right, so he knows all this shit, and it's pretty much, it's, this book is worth reading, because it does give us guys hope that are a little bit later in life, that want to stick around because we got shit to do, Yeah, I think that's important, you know, oh, the mind, the yeah. is going to help. Yeah, well, you know, the mind is everything, yeah, and, yeah. The, and, the, and the physical carries it round and all that stuff, but... Um, and that's uh, what the thing is, especially when we start getting. Uh, we were talking about last time, I was feeling sick and hy- you know hypochondriac and stuff. Oh, was that the day after I thought I was having a heart attack on no, stage? No, I saw you the first time. Oh yeah, the, the next night I was on stage, right? Because you weren't that well. You were drinking a lot of lemon. I felt really <laughs> ill, right? And I said, I said, oh my god, I've got to stop. I feel ill because I felt I was going to faint, right? And then the room went quiet, and I oh, went, no. I went, no, don't go home. I said, is there a doctor in? Silence. I went, just my fucking luck. Yeah, they all laughed. I said, listen, I'm having a heart attack or a stroke, right? <laughs> I looked at my Fitbit. I looked at my Fitbit <laughs> and it said 107. And someone shouted, sit down. I went, yeah, good idea. The, the road manager came running on with a fucking stall. I said, a fucking stall? I don't want a stall. I want, an, I want a slump. I'm going to die on Yeah, I'm going to fall off a fucking stall like Humpty Dumpty, <laughs> right? Fucking hell. And then I was, and then I was fine. And I on the phone to help me forever. Of course. So, that made the paper. Ricky, oh, yeah. Yeah, they put, uh, Ricky has heart attack in very commas. <laughs> but I, was, I had to call on my family and go, no, I had a bug. I said, I thought, so that's the shit that gets you into it. You joke about having a heart attack. And then the it next makes thing, it yeah. in the paper. Well, it, you know, you can't do jokes anymore. I think you can't jokes with yourself. That's no. I think we might have yeah. jinxed ourselves. Hmm. So I was on a chat show recently, I think Jimmy Fallon, and I was talking about me getting fat. And I was going, it's my own fault. I eat too much. I drink too much. I don't burn it off the next day. Someone tweeted me, t- tweeted a thing saying, uh, why, do you, why did you do so much fat shaming? I went, I was fat shaming me. I'm allowed to fat shame myself. All right, this what sort of fucking world is this? Yeah, 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 exactly. Jesus Christ. See, the one thing I think is, a, is, a, is good for having kids is you get, you get perspective. I mm. talked to my five-year-old, I tried to tell him that. So he'll, he'll say things like, so you have someone sticking up for you because you were making fun of you. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. No, I know. The social justice shit is getting a little bit out of hand, though, too. Well, I think I think there's been... Uh, everyone's culpable for what's happened, you know, because I do think the Trump effect is a, is a natural reaction, to a certain extent, of people feeling they've been disenfranchised, they feel that they've had a raw deal, which often they haven't. I mean, this is, this is the problem with when you've had privilege for so long, equality suddenly seems like uh, oppression, right? But the other end of it, people who won't let anyone get away with anything, people being mobbed on Twitter for using the wrong word, yeah. and, you know, there is such a thing I'm a fan of political correctness you know in a way but that's all it is it's only political correctness when it comes to it actual correctness trumps political correctness so you can't go around worrying you can worry about people's feelings but not to the fact that it infringes on freedom of speech and I think um I really think offence is the collateral damage of freedom of speech. Freedom mm-hmm. of speech is more important than offence, mm-hmm. okay? And I think both sides 
went a bit crazy. Only some aspects of both sides. And there's well, a middle ground the, where... There's people the way outside that are just always on the left and the of right. Of course. And the top and the bottom, of, just crazy. Of course, you know, exactly. But most people are, are moderate. Most people understand that sometimes there is there are bad words and then there are words that some people find bad and some people don't, you know. I, I think that's the thing, you know. Just because you're offended, it doesn't mean you're right. Some people are, are offended by equality. Some people are offended by mixed marriage. So fucking what? Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Whereas... Whereas well, see, that's, I think yeah. when you say fuck them, yeah. I think that's, that's how my generation was. If you said something that offended somebody, they'd have a word with you. You would settle your interpersonal dispute with that person then and yeah. there, right? And if you chose to do it again, you knew that maybe you would get in the same kind of situation, be it a, a slap or a yelling at or yeah. whatever it was. That's how you gauged how you would act. But now, if you, now with the, the internet, instead of it being like maybe ten people you interact with on a daily basis, it could be millions. Well, of course, and I do blame I do blame um, social media to a certain extent because it 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 perpetrated this myth that my opinion is worth as much as your fact yeah. because popular became right and popular yeah. isn't right. No, it is. I don't. I don't. When people say I say I don't believe in God, people say, "Well." Four billion people do. I go. I don't give a fuck what four billion. I don't, it doesn't make me wrong. The world was fat. Of course, who cares? <laughs> you know, it's you know, it, it, it's crazy. But now people are saying, you know, well, no, it's to, you know, I believe the Earth is six thousand years old. Well, then you're a fucking idiot. You know, I, 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 I'm well, not you, trying I, to change did, your mind. Did we, did we say something? About, I, I, I knew a fact that those people who think the world is only six thousand years old think that the carbon-dated dinosaur bones that people find are, are planted by the dead. Of course. <laughs> well, you can always... Exactly. The, that's, that's, you have to construct a lot of shit if to you, think that that works for you. But you if know? you believe a, a guy with a beard made the universe in six days, then all bets are off anyway. You can't, you know, you, yeah. can't, you can't argue rationally yeah, with irrational I, people. I was, I, I was raised Roman Catholic, right? I was raised... Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was like, you know, I was an altar boy, all that stuff. Me too. But I knew early on while I was doing that shit that it was okay to respect the people that got down with it, right? Because, like, you know, a lot of people got to do a lot of shit to get them through the night. But it wasn't for me. No, exactly. And it's like, that was okay with them, and it's okay with me. And I, I wasn't agree. offended by them. Or no, way. and I've never had a problem with spirituality. I've never, I loads of people I know believe in God. Different gods, Does, doesn't bother me. But religion's different. Religion is a, is a power structure. Religion is, um, I, I know what God wants, and what he wants is exactly what I want, coincidentally. He wants me to have a jet. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you see, that's a, that's a really obvious version of it, right? Yeah. But you, you also see, so I mean, you know, I mean, we did my, you mentioned Scientology in your, in your bit, man, and that is, it's one of those things that if anybody kind of is, you know, predisposed to have to have something else you know like that spirituality thing yeah you can be spiritual and you can do whatever but when they start putting names to things and i think that's well of course well it's also it's also you know how good it is for the people involved and and Mm. you know it's it's scientology as a belief again is no crazier than any other belief oh yeah that's you know everybody thinks it is of course well you know it doesn't matter whether it's aliens or or zombies you know it's it's they're all it's all it's all equally crazy and it's what you do with that but if if you believe in a god and he makes you and that belief makes you kinder and a good person bring it on you know i don't need god to be a good person because you think that a lot of people think that that they have to have somebody else to actually make them innately good. Well, I, 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 was, I got a tweet once uh, on Twitter. Someone said, um, somebody, how can you be good if you don't believe in God? I said, well, I, I'm good because I, I, I treat people like I want to be treated. And, and, I were, you know, and, and I did that, right? And he said, but if you don't 
Um, but God said that. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, yeah. They, they, the, the, all, all religions claim all virtues, like they did exist before there. I like that. And this guy sent me a tweet. He said, well, if you don't believe um, God is watching you, why don't you just go out raping and murdering as much as you want? And I sent back, I do. <laughs> Which is not at all. That's a great one. <laughs> I always found, like, especially with Twitter, I, I started getting into it, right? And it used to, I used to get heated with people. And, I, you know, I just didn't think it was good for my blood pressure, frankly, right? But no. I, if I want to laugh, if I'm having a bum day, I will go on Twitter and look for you. And it's because you see the millions of people and you selectively pick out of course. the one that really needs of course. The, the good one. And yeah. you, I mean, you can get them good. I mean, but Oh, sometimes I have to search for them because <laughs> my, my, I think my Twitter feed looks like there's more crazies in the world than there actually are. Well, but actually, you know, I've got like 12 million followers and... I get one idiot a day or a week, you know. But if sometimes I have to go look at the specifics. That's actually good. That's actually making the world look like not such a bad place. It's not right? such a bad place, <laughs> you know. It's like they've got a, they've got a, they've got a smartphone or a computer, and they're you know, and they're first they, world problems, right? You know, if I was thinking about talking about people being entitled, right? And everybody's getting offended because life isn't that bad as it used to be. With that, with that said, if you look about. Now, in different parts of the world, you go to Africa or something like that. They were talking about the things the UN put out, the best places to live, right? And the worst places, what was it, the Central African Republic, where they don't run water, everybody's dying, it's really terrible, yeah. right? It's Africa, right? Yeah. Now, if you took those people and put them in the worst situation in the United States, right, which would be, you know, someone probably living in abject poverty in a trailer house somewhere, of they course. would consider that like the Taj Mahal. Oh, God, of like, course. Oh, can I get my friends to come by? And yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's no. relative to, I guess, your experience. But well, of on, course. But on Twitter, it always seems like the people are dumber in, than anybody else you've ever run into. Well, I, because I, I think, again, it's it, it's not, it's not everyone, but some people, um, the we have lived through the best 50 years of civilization with no doubt about it for everything yeah. for tolerance for freedom for you know uh, potential for medicine again uh, you know there's parts of the world that, that don't have yeah, that, that yeah, they're screwed, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course yeah um, but um, yeah you, you get people you get people shouting at their microwave because it's not as fast as they'd hoped. You know what I mean? It's you know, like... I don't get any fucking internet here, man. I get any cheese. Of course, I got of no course. cheese on my phone. I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. You, you, I got you, no water from my family. I know. I die. Oh, that might be something, you know. Exactly. You, you could be in some sort of tower block that yeah. was a, a huge... Oh, no cheese, no cheese. How yeah, no. could you live here? Someone built a house the size of a mountain, mm-hmm. but your Wi-Fi is a little bit... Un- <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do it. I go, oh, it's so weak in the bedroom. I live out in the country in, here in England and uh, I was really happy that I took my phone one day in the John and it had 4G I was like yes yeah, I know it's the funny. southwest of England I know. out of the stone age you know but think of that think of think of the developments uh, you know mm-hmm. I mean since computers it's been exponential yeah. you know no, you, well, that's what this book talks about where you see things he says it's like 2018 2019 2020 is when if you have the means you can buy yourself a loan yeah, well, I mean, everything's got faster now. If you think of the, the, the gap between the Industrial Revolution and, you know, and the, the, the first computer, and now how fast everything's gone. But we haven't changed, you see. Yeah. We're still the same person. You, we you, can't change as quick as technology. Oh, of course yeah. we can't. You know, you, you, get, you get what they call a caveman, a hunter-gatherer or something, like, you know, eight, 9,000 years ago. You shave him and teach him English and he can go to work. Yeah. He's us. Well, do you think with all the technology happening, because the exponential growth leaving 
pretty much like coal miners and shit like that out of out of work. Like generations of people aren't going to know what to do. Is it? You know, what was that? What was that book? Uh, I, d- I don't think the threat. I don't think the threat um, to to humanity is is computerization and artificial intelligence. I, 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 you know, um, until 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 we leave them to their own devices like you know sci-fi and they start learning themselves and they can they can uproot and you know I, d- I don't think that's the real threat I, I think we're the real threat to us still well, we are the real yeah, I mean we're the one that's fucking up everything around global us. warming's going to kill us before yeah. a robot gone mad yes. but, you know right. yeah. Yeah. We're, I can see that happening yeah. but I think I think the, the problem with global warming is it's, it's, it's been mismanaged okay so one you shouldn't have called it global warming right because that sounds good to people yeah. people who live no, in shitty areas in North America yeah. Everybody's like, yeah. Oh, it should be called global raining, storming, you know, <laughs> every, movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I, you know, they think that they've got like hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Selfishly, they've got hundreds and hundreds of years. But actually, um, it's it only takes about a half a degree uh, average yeah. for all those sea levels for, up and, and microbes to wipe us out. Mm-hmm. We're already running out of what um, antibiotics can do yeah. but mm-hmm. we don't know what one degree will do to to uh, it'll be like germ warfare yeah. on us we won't be able to cope and I just don't think people because that sounds that sounds such like conspiracy theory and crazy no, but. it doesn't be I mean Elon Musk was talking about something where he said you know with it was like I think it was he was talking about the sea levels rising an inch around the world just an yeah. inch yeah with Kill most people. Well, know, of course, because it's it's it's, it's so yeah. flat. I mean, it's, we are kind of balancing on this perfect perfect area here on Earth for the last couple thousand years, right? It's just of course. fucking great, right? Yeah. There was an age and then we got in there, we're fucking great, and we're going to fuck it up to the point where it's going to twist off its axis, fall into the sun, we're all going to blow up, and it's everybody's fault, but you know, it's everybody's fault for not paying yeah. attention. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's those tiny little things, those tiny changes globally are massive. I mean, just think what the volume of water is uh, in an inch of water. It's just, yeah. Um, but then, you know, uh, what I'll do is I'll probably build an ark. You'd be that guy? There's, yeah, because there's, say there's eight million species of animal, right? I need, I need two of each. Yeah. Some some you don't even do. I'll, I'll I'll leave the fish to their own devices. Yeah, they, I, remember, I remember being an altar boy. I remember in the book they left a couple of the bird species out because they could lay on the water and just sit there. You know? Of course, yeah. The fact that there would be no food because all the plants would have killed. Yeah, yeah. They they can rationalize anything in that Bible. Yeah. Well, well, we do it, don't we? We do it. We we cherry pick. That's so do you think? It, do you think it was the it was sold? Uh, the climate change was sold wrong to everybody. Well, in I America, think people just keep buying the bigger cars. It's like they don't get it. Uh, yeah, they. I think they do get it. They don't care. Yeah, think I think it's. it's just, I think that this is such a nebulous, far off concept. Well, some of it is selfish, you know. You know, it's not our fault that the generation before us ruined the earth. So we're thinking, well, why? You know, it, it's 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 a good point because now there's third world um, development, and we're going, oh, they're ruining it. Go, well, hold on, you're <laughs> after 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 a hundred oh, years man. of you, well, you raping the earth, mm-hmm. you're telling an Indian woman she can't have a fridge. What? What are you doing? No, no, this is... It. There's some kind of, what, civic responsibility, right? It, I know. It, 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 it was kind of... <clears throat> when I was young, there was that, you know. 
people thought, you know, if you saw a piece of garbage on the ground, like you know, if it's if you're in your your block, your neighborhood, you just pick it up, throw it in the garbage can. It's not a big deal. No, I know. I, I do all that. I mean, I do all that. I do the recycling. I I I don't run the tap when I clean my teeth. You know, but then I jump on a jumbo jet to America. What can I do? Well, you know, well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean. We all have to have some kind of carbon footprint, right? I mean, that's yeah. the idea. I mean, I don't really know if mine's good or bad, but you could also say, like, you know, will it make a difference in like the next fifty years? Yeah, it could actually kill the, the species, right? I mean, we could be gone. Yeah, fifty years of everybody just goes. Mm. I mean, you could see people doing stuff with solar energy, and what was that? Elon Musk has the well, then, yeah. solar panels that look like roof tiles now, and they're yeah. cheaper than roof tiles. Well, I, you know, so that I, help. I do all that. You know, I do yeah. all that. I live, I live like a a hippie, but then, <laughs> but then I do jump on a jet. You yeah. know, and so I don't know. That probably wipes out everything I've done for a year. And it's the same with everyone else. When you know, you want these people to to you know to wash out. A jam jar and use it again, and then they look up and they see they look at Hong Kong, yeah. like, like that could be seen. Yeah. You could get warm in space, yeah. you know. And they go, yeah. "Really? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna sort I'm gonna sort out my cardboard, but but I can see a chimney <laughs> over there that's destroying. You know, it's it's a tough one. It yeah. really is a tough one. Stay tuned. There's more when we come back. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Do you think the stuff that's going on uh, in arts, like movies and music and stuff like that, reflects any of how people really feel? Because, I mean, if you look at the music nowadays, it is really disposable. Like, we were talking about people we don't even know. Like, I, and when I go through some of the music that I get sent, I was like, what the fuck is this? I think when people are left to their own devices, it's about the individual. Yeah. People are, people get it, they're either selfish or, or they're not. They either care or they don't. And I think outside the law, you know, um, listen... I think, you know, to, to a certain extent, and I'm all for freedom, I think 
nicotine should be banned in a way if I'm if, I, if you think about what that does to people yeah. and other drugs are banned you should go why are you selling cigarettes well you're selling cigarettes because it, it makes so much money and then that tax goes to saving people who have got lung cancer but they wouldn't have had lung cancer if you hadn't you know and, it, and it's crazy it's good but it comes down to the individual and 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 the same with caring and changing the world you know I, I don't know if a Bob Dylan song ever changed anyone's mind right it probably didn't globally or change government but what it did do is get the the odd individual suddenly thinking you know what the pro- war is probably wrong you know but <laughs> I, I, with that theory right because you it's also like stuff that you make and stuff that I make you have to almost work for it but in a good way like you work for your art you're, you're, you're rewarded by it if you put some time in and think about some of the things that you have in your films and your stand-up and, I, and your music that has different layers to it. When you work for them, you're rewarded. Now it seems like everything's just immediate, like McDonald's, right? You yeah. Just get, you want that, here you go, take it. It's cheap, but yeah, you know you can come back and get the same thing. Yeah, I, I think we all, we all, in a way, it's funny, the carbon footprint is, is a lovely metaphor for everything, really, because I think the point of life is probably to enjoy yourself uh, without hurting others mm. and make the world slightly better than it would have been without you you only have to be savage but but yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly but you only have to you only have to get it you only have to be I don't know is it slightly I don't know you intend to do good things I think you kind of do you know, if you, if you know, I, I just you know think I'm going to try to be a good guy today. It just and comes down to be a better guy than if you're like, you'll fuck everything. I think it comes down to conscience. Mm. I want to be able to sleep at night. I don't want to. I don't want to feel that anything I've done has has caused someone harm. Or, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's simple that um, paying tax. I, 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 <laughs> I like the way you moved that one. Well, I do. Yeah. I, I, you I, pay tax. Yeah. I, I think it's a privilege for me to pay tax. I came from nothing, and I would be dead without. The uh, you know the the health service and free education and free hospitals and so I think I don't I don't consider whatever money I earn I think that's half mine mm-hmm. I think that's half mine the other half is is my rent on earth no, do, do you know what I mean No I do I hear you I I, I think it's important with, like the civil responsibility thing but it, it always seems to be uh, it always seems to be argued in our case in that respect I didn't come from money at all I was a poor kid right yeah. from New York. And I worked for stuff, but I did get assistance along the way, be it uh, someone at the boys' club who taught me how to swim when I was eight. Of or, course. You know, somebody who did this for me, did that for me, you know, teachers and things like that at a public school. So you always figure that that's, you know, that's your rent, right? I think, paid, yeah. Paid forward, what was that thing? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I totally agree. And that's a system that's put in place to make sure we do. But even without that, you know, I think that, I think we're basically good people. We are a bit selfish and we do think of ourselves and we are narcissistic and we live in our own brains, right? And we need all these things to survive. But it, when when you are in a safer, you know, a, a, a world that we live in, we live in a, a, an affluent world where our, our firstborn isn't dying of dysentery. We're not being shot at. Well, maybe you are. I don't know what, I don't know what you've done in your past. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, but, you know, we, we can start to introspect and worry about the future and what, if we're a good person or not. And, um, and, uh, and I think you should now and again. But basically, you know, I think you know if you're a good person or not. You know, we're... Well, I, think not, people are, I think you're right. People are generally cool, right? I mean, yeah. it's like those, those disaster films when the world's at stake 
And it shows like the clips from all over the world, like in Japan and Africa and, and America and they, in England, they're all rallied around Trafalgar Square, like looking all concerned, like those, that's us good humans, right? That's I think so. Humans. And I think when it comes to it, when it comes to it, when it's, when it's black and white and you're confronted with it, if, you know, if, if, if um, uh, a young African kid came to your door and said, 20p will stop me going blind, you give him 20p. Yeah. But we know 20p mm. will stop an African but we're not sending 20p mm. because it's deferred responsibility. Yeah, yeah. They, did, they did an experiment, right, um, at a train station where they had one person, they waited to one person by himself, right, and the, the, this guy was just, he, he wasn't part of the experiment, he didn't know about it, and they staged a, a woman being sort of attacked. And he looked around and he got up and said, oh, you, stop it. Mm. He was by himself. Right? Then they did, they waited for loads of people there and they showed a woman be attacked and they all ignored it because they all thought, I'll let someone else do it. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That's crazy. And they, they so even, left your own devices it even made a difference, right, what way the person was facing. Like, if you were facing away from the mugging, you could pretend you couldn't see it. Whereas you were facing for it, Check more people, Facebook, man. I can't, I yeah, can't hear that. more people said, hey, what are you doing if they were facing? Wow the mugging and we that's what we do every day we know we know that there's abject poverty and people dying but we're not seeing it but if we walk past a guy with a with a dog on a string yeah. and we look around we think well fuck Jesus yeah a pound yeah of course you know and uh, uh, and it, it's not as black and white as in the films where you've got a twirly moustache mm-hmm. you know I think we all do the right thing when it comes to it most of us. Yeah, I mean, there are a few psychopaths out there, obviously. Oh, of course. And there's people that cause it. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, Speaking of psychopaths, do you, I don't want to switch it up too much, but when it, comes to, when it comes to music, do you think people who are crazy make the best music? If you look at it, like, we talked a little bit about David Bowie last time, right? Not to say he was crazy at all, but he was a unique dude. He saw things through his own kind of yeah, unique... Uh, Exactly. I mean, crazy is a strong term, isn't it? Yeah. But you mean you well, mean I mean, slightly I mean different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, exactly. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. No, I do. I do think you have to be. Uh, uh, you know, um, this is sound very pretentious, and and I don't think you know this, this is true of all art. Or, 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 but I think to a certain extent you have to remain a bit of an outsider. Because mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're even if you're a really good observer of people, it's still like a found object. You know, when I write, um, I'm inventing that. But it's always based on someone I know or based on a real thing. And if it could happen, it might happen. It probably has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, I, still, I still think that I've created that. Um, so I still think you have to, you have to remain outside. And, if, and what, what happens in, in art is when you start worrying about what's popular or second-guessing people, and then you end up, then you end up um, it being homogenised and... And anodyne because you're you're going for the lowest common denominator and you're trying to please everyone and that's why that's why soap operas are all the same every week they just change the words you know because it, they know what people want and it you know um, I think the odd one out is stand up really yeah I always thought that was like because when I do my gigs it's nothing like stand up but I always talk to the people in between the songs and things and I know I have a couple of friends who do stand up and they're like you know that. Going out there, we've talked a little bit about when you're famous going out there, but just yeah. going out there and doing doing your, your 10 minutes, whatever like that, that must be so rewarding if you kill a room. Well, it's funny because that, that's, that's, that's where there is something. There's a couple of things in common with rock stars and comedians. But is it, you have to read the room almost immediately because I do a festival. I got to look at 50,000 people and go, 
what is the thing I can say that yeah, but that's what you do. Happier than sad. You know? Yeah, it's different because because you've got you've got these perfectly pre-created memes, yeah, these yeah. these songs that have lasted, and mm-hmm. so so it's only between the songs that you have to yeah, worry. Yeah, you guys, yeah. Are, you know, it's like boom. Exactly. You went on stage when I saw you, and that was a big joint in Bristol, and that yeah. was like the first one you did in seven yeah. years, right? But I'd done twenty warm-ups, and and this okay, is well, and this is this this is what's different about stand-up to say any another sort of comedic art form. Right when you when you write um, uh, a sitcom or a movie, you do your best bet with all your with all your things, all your inputs, all your hard work, and you you create this thing and you put it out there, and that's done now. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Someone comes up to you and says, "Didn't like that." Yeah, I go, yeah, "Nothing ever do about it. Yeah, it's done." It's done it. yeah. Whereas it's a movable feast with stand up. You go out there and you you talk mm-hmm. right, and th- where there's a laugh, you keep that bit. Yeah. It's like selective. Evolution, yeah. where you can create it very quickly because you get audio feedback. Yeah. So keep the bits they laugh at, change the bits they don't. Soon they're laughing at everything, or they're gasping in the road. They're doing what yeah. you wanted them to do, right? After like 20, 30 gigs, and people are the same. Outside, outside language barrier, and and uh, you know the odd sort of um, uh, pop reference. People are the same, so that works now like a song. My hour works like your set. If it works, if it works once, it it works twice. The things that change, the things that make things uh, go different in stand up, right? Is the day of the week. Really? Yeah. No shit. I noticed that too. I, it's a Saturday is better than a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Opposite for me. Really? I don't do Fridays and Saturdays. I don't want people joining in being rowdy. Well, I want yeah, them to listen. No, okay. You yeah. want you want them up on their feet having a good time. Wow. That's, that, a, I see, that's a little nuance of the. I want them sitting down listening because mm-hmm. I know my shit works if they're listening. Because mm-hmm. there's there's yeah, I know my shit works if they're not. Well, you know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you've got yeah. you've you've got fifty k. Yeah. I've got nuance. Yeah. That's all I've got. I've only got nuance and surprise. Right. So if they're not listening, that you know, if so, eh, they fuck they yeah, fuck you, a punchline. Yeah. They don't they don't fuck a power chord. Yeah, that's they add to it. Than they are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing is the room. I want, I want a warm, smoky Victorian theatre. If I aircraft hangers, that fucking yeah. echo going round, and then laughing at slightly yeah. different. It's cold. Yeah. It's cold. Does alcohol play a part? Do you want people drinking before the game? I want them loose. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them drunk. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's, it's like that's how. I know that when comedians they do they do like say you go to Caroline's or something in New exactly York, right? the guys who are the earlier on probably yeah. do better than the guys who are doing like eleven thirty because Ex- you know. and then that's the difference if you play a, if you play a club thing like Caroline's or Jonglers or those right those people that work they do comedy that cuts through alcohol really they do. Hey, what's what's this with it? Hey, so I was fucking the Pope. Hey, so <laughs> yeah, they do things that cut through alcohol. Right. I can't, I can't have silences. I can't do nuance about cot death with people <laughs> who are drunk. Because do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they won't, they bit, won't listen. Yeah. They won't yeah. get it. Yeah. You know, you need to be people to to get. You know, so you can't do anything. You can't do anything subtle or nuanced or or innovative if it's a room full of people who have gone out for beer. And there's a comedian on. Yeah, I, I, I want people who've come to hear what I've got to say, and they sit down. They paid thirty bucks, and you know. Yeah. I, I guess I come from an old school too, because in New York there was like those places on Bleecker Street, you know, with the comedy cellar joints. And all oh stuff. yeah. And I knew guys who do that stuff, so I'd go to see my friends. So I knew you shut up and you listen, right? But of course, everybody from Jersey doesn't know that, so they come to these clubs, and that's what they do. They go and get the cheap beer. Yeah. And you know, it seems almost like 
I've never wanted to play that. I've never wanted yeah. to. I never. I've never wanted to. You know those guys that do that. That they do their. They it's do their like two they sets. And the, they know they're going out and they're. It's like well, they do. Yeah, no, like, they do. And that and and you know it can get you keen to you know and there that there well, is a skill in that. One of the two. Yeah, right? I mean, but the, like the thing is, um, I I I know people that you know do still do those things and they go oh there was a hen party in or there was eight guys <laughs> with fucking hats shaped like cocks right and I won them over I won them over in the end and I go. I don't want to win them yeah, over. People, Fuck them. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to give them any joy. <laughs> but there's certain comedians that, like Jeff Foxworthy and stuff like that, like who's like a, a huge. I've never heard of him. He's worth four hundred million. Yeah. Now this dude. I've heard of this guy when I was in the Marines. I was stationed in North Carolina, right? And I was hanging out with a bunch of guys that were talking in this character, right? They're blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the, this is not even funny. It was, it was this guy, Jeff Foxworth. He's like, south of the Mason-Dixon line, he is like the biggest comedian in America or something. Oh, like. is this southern comedian? Is yeah, he's like yeah. redneck kind of comedian. Yeah, I think he started it, didn't he? He started doing stuff about... I, I, about, I, like, you know where you're a redneck when... Yeah, then, that's it, yeah. Like no, I saw him on that, Yeah, no, I saw him on the sort of... Uh, it was a history of comedy, and they featured him, and that's where I heard about him. And, and he's, he, made, he's made millions, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. I think, what is it, Noel Gallagher said it, it doesn't <laughs> about record sales it doesn't mean you're good no of course not yeah, I mean no but guys like that seem to kind of like you're talking about the, the lowest common denominator comedy now when I saw your new one right with Humanity right, I think I saw it was the first night you did in a big theater that was great because it was people listening and kind of like almost expecting you to tell them a really good yarn you know like you're, yeah. you're into the joke more than you're into going hey, it's fucking but you're like whoa what's he talking about well that's funny I've you been get away with, Crib death and shit like that. Yeah, well, I, I think that. Uh, well, so I'm not going to ask you to babysit, but no, 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 no. Someone said to me the other day, so I won't show you pictures of my yeah, kid. Yeah, I, I and I go, no, I, I, it's only joking. I do, I do, yeah, I do that's a thing funny. about, you know, I don't want to see pictures of people with kids, right? But, but I mean, you know, that's not true. Yeah, that's well. not true. I, 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 you know, I'm, 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 I, you sort of play a character. You know, I, I've always, I've always played the sort of um, person who said the wrong thing mm -hmm. that came down the wrong side. I get things wrong. I'm the idiot bore. But, but the thing know. at the same time, they know they, they, I guess they identify with the good in you. Well, of course, not doing it maliciously. But right? now, after 15 years of knowing me, I don't have to yeah. play around. Now I can just say it like you do amongst friends, and they know I'm kidding. They know the irony. Yeah. So this is my favourite draw I've ever done. Um, and good things I've had seven years off which is you know the longest gap apart from my first one where I had 40 years to think about it but um, is that kind of good having that much it's time great off? it's great gets you you know the, the I guess material right well one the, the, you know just just commercially they were gagging for it you know the, the, the they they and, and I, I, I also said this could be my last, the way I feel. And so they, they you know, they, they bought tickets quick. They, you know, um, I don't do a lot. I, I'm not. I don't tour, you know, all year. I don't go to. I don't do the circuit. So, um, it, you know, it felt like it was a special occasion for for me and them, which was nice. Um, but uh, it, it, it's my favourite. I also, I also sort of, I realised the privilege, you know, because I went through. I went through the the big comedian off TV and film, you know, playing that that game and doing the stadiums and whatever. 
Did and, you do stadiums? Uh, uh, like, uh, uh, like big arena, yeah, yeah, big arenas, yeah. Was that um, crazy with you and a mic? It must uh, be like it's it's it, but it's not good for anyone. I mean, it's good for me because it's 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 a big injection of cash in one night, you know. I, and I am <laughs> I doing, I am I mean, doing it this do time around. A little bit similar, where if you're going to do oh, what you do, make, yeah, make it worthwhile. But I, there's, you know, it's better for me and the audience if it's in a four hundred yeah. seat. No doubt about it. Yeah. Now, uh, like London, because I live here. I'm doing like three weeks at Hammersmith Apollo, which is three and a half thousand, right? Instead of, you know, instead of doing Wembley in the O2. Wembley's right around the corner because you can yeah. go there and just be home by, by 10.30. Exactly. Right? And, I, you know, I'd, so, but I'd rather, I'd rather do three Hammersmiths yeah. than a Wembley because it's better for the audience. Yeah. In some countries, you know, like in Scandinavia, in Europe, and even in America and Canada, I have got to do the bigger ones because I don't live there. Yeah. So I can't, I can't do three weeks in Toronto. You play the Garden though, right? Yeah. So you and Led Zeppelin, huh? Well, um, again, you know, I, I think there's some venues, even at a big size, are better than other venues at a big size. Well, that one's so, got, but it's also New York, too, where they actually will shut up and let you say something. Especially if they pay. And I feel, I still feel like a, I feel like an import in New York and Canada, and, and, and it feels, you know, it, it's always felt very, very special for me. Um, uh, and, because everything, we're growing up, you know, I do feel very British, and I, and I think my, I think my humour's British, but my comedy is almost a, a more American. Well, see, New York, I didn't know we had such a, uh, uh, such a unique sense of humour for America. I mean, I, yeah. until I was a young kid when I went to the Marines, and I realised, holy shit, these, this is not working over here, man. No, no, New, New York is different to the rest of America. Same as London's probably different to the rest of, you know, True in a way, England. but I mean, you know, I found that my sense of humour is more British. Because I used to, I grew up yeah. watching Monty Python and even God forbid Benny Hill and all that kind of yeah. thing on public TV. So I kind of gravitated towards that. And I think a lot of my friends did too. Well, I think I think you know I do. I I joked on my last stand up special I did for um, uh, uh, HBO. Uh, I said, um, uh, "Welcome to my American tour." And by American tour, I mean New York and LA. <laughs> I, I miss out that big bit in the middle. Especially yeah. I'm talking about the Bible. And it was uh, was it Tom Parker who said to Elvis. Yeah. You've got to get that big bit in the middle because mm -hmm. that is America. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And same as England. You know, England is everything everything but London, really. I mean, just you look know. at, like, we're talking about popularism, right? Oh, of course. Everybody who's kind of, like, running shit now is the, 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 the non-capital cities and things. It's like everybody else is now thinking they have something to say. Oh, but when I was growing up, I mean, I knew people that... It hadn't left the town, you know. Mm. Going to London was a big thing. It's thirty-six miles away. Well, well the thing is, most people don't get out of the area. They go as far as their local Walmart. In of course, it's not like but it's the same out. everywhere. You know, I, I heard um, you know only fifty percent of Americans have got passports. Mm. But more than that, um, most Americans probably don't leave their state. And mm. their but that's not just America. That's England as well. You know, it, it's the same everywhere. You 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 grow up. You get a house near your mum and dad, and you have kids and. And you die, and that's been the way of the world. You know, most most people aren't; they're not nomadic. They don't they don't travel around the world. They most people want a house and they want a garden and they want to sit there and sit on the couch. I know I do now. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, one thing I, I think a lot of people that I meet who who do performance stuff for a living, or just for, yeah for a living, that's what we kind of do it as now. Yeah. But to get into it, it was I think we all were kind of a similar type of kid in school, where. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to say what I felt. I felt like I knew everything they were trying to teach me, and I was a little bit bored, and I was more interpersonal than the other kids were, and I would kind of 
almost be like the class clown in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you could get out of trouble with the teachers because you were smart enough to work then. It's exactly the same as me. Yeah. It's exactly I wasn't a bad kid like you. Yeah. No, I wasn't um, a bad kid either. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll show you pictures of me when I was a little boy. You'd be like, oh. Yeah. In the ass, though, but I Hitler was cute when he was little. <laughs> okay, all kids are cute when they're little. Is that? I think it was. I think it just with a lot of people that that do this kind of thing, we do kind of go. Well, you know, we were all. I guess that's why you know, people hang out, like musicians and actors, and those people hang out because they have a certain thing that they're. I think we see. I think we think we've seen the world from a different angle. Yeah. And I think you have to see things from a different angle. Is that the removed part you were talking about? Well, I just think that uh, you know, and I don't just mean I don't just mean uh, um, musicians or comedians or any artist or even scientists. I just think I think some people um, live in Plato's cave, and I just think <laughs> they just they just think this is the way the world is. They're told what the world is, a, and they just accept it. And, and that can be for any reason, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is getting back to it. This is what religion does. Religion says, you don't need to question this. Yeah. We've sorted it for you. Yeah. Just do this. They'll be rewarded when exactly. you die. Not spirituality, again. Yeah. Spirituality is your own journey. And, and, and you know, I'm all, I've got no problem with spirituality. And, you know, I feel a different sort of spirituality. When I see a mountain or a flower yeah. or an animal... I well up uh, how beautiful it is, but I, I'm I'm looking at how perfectly beautiful it is that it came by chance, right? Some and other people are looking at how beautiful it is because God made it. They're both cool. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference to what the thing is. It's still fucking beautiful, you know. And and sometimes I I I, I don't like this. I don't like this tribalism, you know. Because some things are more important. Like if I'm doing like an animal welfare campaign, I say um, whether you believe God made this animal or it evolved over three billion years, you shouldn't fucking torture it. Yeah. And I just think, well, who I mean, cares? You're tying everybody in there, which is good. Yeah, if you yeah. Have, I think when when you do stuff like that, and I, I kind of do things like that too. When you make the example of saying like, I don't care why you love it, yeah, or why you care. It's just the fact that you care is a good thing. Yeah, and. I, mean, I, I always looked at what did Mark say religion is the opiate of the people exactly yeah but if you look at all the kind of really the rules that are, are really sticking people right now it's all stuff that was done thousands of years ago to keep people in line for a little bit of that's, time that's yeah. exactly what religion was mm -hmm. exactly what religion. a lot now, of religions have the thing in common which is be good while you're alive because when you die yeah. we'll hook you up like everything mm -hmm. people saw a fast buck in spirituality. So we wanted to make sense of the world. We didn't have the, we looked at the sun and we looked at this and why am I here? And we said, someone must have created it. That's cool. Then we said, oh, maybe, maybe someone's looking over us and I hope he is and I pray. Maybe, I, oh, I don't want to die. Maybe I live after life. That's great. So all those things, someone came along and went, hmm, <laughs> I can, I, I can, yeah, I, I know God. Yeah. And he says, he just, he just told what, me, you, yeah. what you've got to do is give me some money and then you will go to heaven. And that's how religion was born. It's like, well, I mean, what was the thing? The Inca witch doctors used to have that, they had the exclusive channel to whoever the sun god was, right? And, down the, and that was their hustle. Like, you take care of us, you build, you build us pyramids so we're closer to him. Yeah. And people would slave and do all that stuff just so 
he could give them, yeah, when you die, because you'll probably die within the next couple of weeks building my of thing. Of course. But it, it, it's, it's all the, these charlatans. Mm. You know, it's not just religion. It's people who say they're talking to your dead grandmother. Yeah, yeah. It's only cost you 50 quid to talk to your dead grandmother. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like... like it's, it's, all these places. You see them in New York City. You just drop it in a nice neighborhood. There's one on, like, 7th Avenue South, like, off of Bleecker Street. Oh, yeah. It's been there for as long as I can remember, 50 years almost, right? It's in this perfect neighborhood. It's like they've had the front redone, but it says psychic. I mean, it's like, of course. who the fuck goes in there? Well, who goes in there and goes, okay, here's 150 bucks, whatever it is. Tell me what I really need to hear right now. Faith healers. You know, oh, give yeah. me your money and, you know, just pray. Don't take the medicine. Yeah. I, I, I did a tweet um, recently. Um, you don't see faith healers working in hospitals for the same reason you don't see psychics winning the lottery every week. Because it doesn't work, right? If you believe it, fine. You know, there's a, there's a certain placebo effect to praying. And again, I've got no problem with people praying, right? But let's not pray instead of life-saving medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? And also, you said something about my opinions equal to your facts earlier on, right? Yeah. Isn't that just how everybody's just looking at shit now? It is. I mean... It is. It's just anything that, it's almost as people, if you tell someone that this is actually how things, this is a wood desk, they'll be like, well, just to be contrarians, they would go against it. I think people are just trying to, when you're talking about being marginalized and not having a voice, I think their voice is now That's exactly right. wrong. People, people, people um, want to be heard. They want to feel that they've got something to say and, and, and that's the way of the world. We all want to be, we want to think they're interesting and, and, um, and some people don't quite have the tools yeah. to, to do that. That's all, and they get frustrated, and uh, and they often they often lash out. And <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'd rather people were honest. I'd rather people said, um, I, I, "I." It doesn't bother me when someone says, oh, "I'm I'm only interested in money," because I know where I stand. Yeah. I'd you know I'd I'd rather you know account a couple of years later that that's what they're interested. In. Yeah, well, whereas that, we could have actually had. You know, it's, it's the people that say things like I'm only interested in um, you finding Jesus and I can and I know him so if you give me a thousand dollars I can introduce you they're the ones you know they're the ones you've got to be careful of when I, when I was a kid I was talking about like we, I was an altar boy and all that kind of stuff I remember when I was probably around like 10 I started listening to music and that became my church in a way yeah that became something that I could find my Uniqueness. That's in. the great. Yeah, that's my, that was the first art form yeah. that I found that 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 there's no there's no greater art form than music. It's 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 as magical as it needs mm-hmm. to be. It, it, there is something spiritual about it. There is something amazing. There's something. It's clinical. What a, a chord yeah. can do. It makes me feel sick. There's uh, uh, there's n- there's nothing as evocative. And I love all art. I love I love film. I love paintings. I love poetry. All that. But music. There is something. Just otherworldly of it. It's incredible. Was it? Were you like that too as a kid? Was that something like you know? Because you obviously were a musician for a minute, and you did you manage Suede? I did for a little while. You know who lives out behind me? The Dubret. Oh, go, yeah. oh, yeah. say hello. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I, you guys friendly because my wife saw him. Yeah. She didn't know she okay. She didn't yeah. know who he was. Yeah, and, and she's like, I met this banker today. I was like, because he just moved out, and he always wears like he is, he's always, he is, he's he's always very priest and shit. Yeah, and no. he's in the middle of the country, like you know. Yeah, no. Um, he was uh, he was sort of like a, a real uh, dude when I when I met him. But 
Um, I just I didn't do much for them. They, they, as soon as I stopped managing them, that's when they my, took my off. My radio producer, I said that we, we talked and I fucked up the whole thing by not recording it. And he was like, yeah, he used to manage sweat. I go, what does that have to do with fucking anything? My man just throws out random things. Like, I go, hey, you know, I was late to work today. He goes, but you know, the Padres pitched a no-hitter yesterday. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Because he's thinking it. He's just got some yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, with, with music, though, did it, I mean, for me, I was an only child. My mom raised me so it was like single mom thing so I had to find an identity early on like I yeah. think that that's what I got into music and started listening to great albums and that was kind of like for me it taught me a little bit about spirituality before I actually knew what it was I, it's funny because I just uh, I mean I liked it before I analysed it obviously I don't know you, don't, you, you know when you're a kid you don't but then I was in awe of it because I couldn't do it so mm -hmm. I wanted to yeah. I wanted to learn guitar and I got right. a guitar for 10 10 quid um, I was about 13 and I tried to but I only wanted to learn guitar to write a song yeah, I yeah. didn't want to learn guitar to yeah. play a song see I didn't either I don't, I, later on I learned how to play other people's stuff yeah but I, the thing that really upset me was when I went to guitar lesson they were like Mary had a little end. I was like no way just show me the physical that's how right I put my finger somewhere to yeah I need note. a chord I need yeah. three chords yeah. and yeah. it's so funny and I realised that probably I, I wanted Again, it was probably narcissism because why did I want to write a song? Why, I, I don't think I really appreciated the creative process other than I don't think I, had, I understood standing back and going, I did that. I, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to write poetry and keep it in a drawer. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write poetry and show people it and people said, that's a fucking amazing poem. Mm -hmm. So there was still, a, a, there was a, still a, an element of that in it. And yeah. I think because I know how I felt about Simon Garfunkel and Cat Stevens and John Lennon mm -hmm. thought, God. So I think, without thinking it, maybe I thought I could have a piece of that. Maybe one day someone might think of me like, I don't know. Well, you think, I remember hearing John Lennon saying something. He goes, if I could have been a fisherman, I would have been a fisherman. And it's, it, that, that stayed with me too because it's one of those things where if I could have just you know stayed in the Marines and just been a good American and just been done my 20 years and then got a caravan somewhere found a girl had some babies I would have done that but I, could, I was compelled to do different shit yes I like think that's it every time I thought I was in a place that I could I was like no you're not you gotta keep moving is it like you know yeah I mean there, there is a there is a certain amount of we don't know what hole we're gonna fall, fall yeah. down yeah. certainly with this career no this 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 time you know um um, you, you don't know where you're going. Anything can happen, and but that's hopefully, you. Right? I think so. I think it's good that you eventually find someone that you love and you're good at, and you hold on to it. And I might get bored with this one day. I, I don't know what I do. <laughs> that's true, man. Now you can, we can upgrade our bodies and stuff like that. In the next couple of years, check out Ray Kurzweil's book. It's trippy. Okay, because it, it it literally would change how human beings would be. You know, I mean, if you look at we're talking about music, right, and how like some things are universal. You know. Cat Stevens, you listen to Cat Stevens, it's like, that stuff will be good a couple hundred years. I now, think you know so. I mean? Certain things will be, right? Well, I, th I think that's true as well, and I, I think that's true uh, um, outside science. Art is one person telling the other person how they feel, or what day they had, or you want an ending. You know, I think in, in, in things like, you know, stories, you can have all the the, you know, the avatars and the Star Wars, but at the end of the day, it comes down to me telling you a story. Mm -hmm. You want to hear the ending, because yeah. we're caught up, we're, we're, we're storytellers, mm -hmm. that's what we are. And, you know, and then add to that emotion, and uh, it, you've got, you're, you're a winner, because we have empathy. Yeah. The, they reckon the first joke, anthropologists think the first joke, right, <laughs> was one... Anthropologists in that in Yes, they reckon that it was um, one caveman laughing at another caveman stubbing his toe 
because that caveman knew that that caveman didn't mean to do that yeah. and that's what's funny because we put ourselves we put ourselves in your position exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah there's still nothing funnier yeah. there's still, honestly I don't care who you are you no. see you see a guy in a, a bowler hat slipping a banana you're never going to see anything funnier that day no. you know it's just because we're that's how we're hardwired we know that he didn't want to slip over that banana you know, you know like in certain circles people call things high art yeah uh, now high art is still the same thing but it would be a guy with a you know, a gold plate of banana, but it would still be that same joke. Well, I, I think that, it, that when it comes down to it, if we're talking just comedy, comedy at its essence is an ordinary guy mm. trying to do something he's not equipped to do, mm. and that's what we're laughing at. That's what every sitcom, every yeah. good, it's it's, and I think it comes down to empathy. It comes down to us putting ourselves, even if you take some, you know, like I feel it now. I did it intuitively, but I think with David Brent. We're laughing at him because we're rooting for him. Yeah, no, that's because definitely true. I mean, I was rooting for you guys in the. I was. I told you, I watched the Brent movie when I, I went it the first time, and I was, it was like the premiere day. Then I watched it again on the train, on the plane, rather, come back from New York one time, and I was hoping he'd be better this time. That's funny. <laughs> I know. I was like, I oh, know. This one is like the director's kind of. We, we do. Yeah. We do. We want. We want happy endings. Mm-hmm. We do want happy endings because we've put whether we know it or not, we've put ourselves in that position. Mm-hmm. And and as creators, right, we can make the world a slightly better place. Now, do you think you? Well, well, the thing is, when people talk about David Brent, right? Do you do you think that is like that's a chip, that's like a percentage of you there to a certain extent? Of course, yeah. No, and it, and all of us. I think that you know we, we create our own heroes and villains yeah. as role play for the soul, so no one really gets hurt. Yeah. And we, in unlike real life, yeah. we're not in charge of real life, yeah. right? We're not God. But when we create something, we are God, and we can make the good guy get the girl, yeah. and we can make the bad guy fall down. Yeah. And that's what we do. And, we're, and it's just for other people to go through that process. And that's, this is the other thing about art. If you're watching a film, and you're crying, right? Mm-hmm. You're crying. Yeah. You're not pretending to cry because the film's playing. Yeah. You're crying. Yeah. Yeah. It's real emotions. We hand people real emotions, right? And music, I don't know how he does it, but why does A minor make me cry and well, and C? Well. Yeah, 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 intertwined. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, I asked Chris about that. Chris yeah. forgets about that. Yeah. He doesn't remember anything about the film, but he can play every song still. Oh. <laughs> well, those guys, see, I, I guess if like things like that that are really close to reality, like the, you know, the Office was. Now these things, they they like what were you calling contrived? Reality? Oh no! Um, constructed reality. Constructed reality. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's getting it almost as if there's. It's kind of like music, I think, to a large extent, where you get now everybody can make a record because everybody has a computer or a smartphone, you know, kinds, and it kind of proliferates the yeah. good art, right? So you have to yeah. almost like wade through a lot of but stuff. But art for me is never craft. Yeah. Just like everyone. There are great paint. And there are great people who drawers, and there are great people. Who are, but their piece of art can mean nothing. Mm-hmm. I see works of art, and I think fucking art's amazing. It means nothing to mm-hmm. me because there's no art in it. There's just craft. Yeah, well, Same, like or whatever. It's yeah, style, it's a style. And like, someone just someone doing scales. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's juggling. Yeah. But where's the fucking emotions? What are you saying to me? You're not saying anything. You're telling me you can play piano. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. You know, yeah. it means nothing. There's nothing like an emotion. Now, Without think, an emo- with, with, well, I'm talking with, with emotion, like you're talking about films or, or, or th- like art can move that. Yeah. Music can do that too in a lot of ways. 
and I think with a lot of people getting a shot to make music, I think we'll get diff- more different stories. I but think so. Still be true, you know. I think so, and I, and I still think there's only a certain percentage of excellence, mm-hmm. right? Because most things are crap, right? Most things are most tables are crap. Then you see one that's made by a master builder four hundred years ago, yeah. and he put his life in it, and. It can take it's not like your my wife getting, pulling taps for the kitchen. It can take your breath away. <laughs> I it, but I like anyone trying to do anything well with all their heart. I don't care whether it's a gardener or a fucking cabinet maker or a, 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 a pianist. Uh, you know what? Ninety-five percent of everything is okay, mediocre, or shit. And it's that five percent you want to be in. You want to be in that gang, and you want to purchase that stuff, and you want to mm. and and you know some people don't even get the luxury to do that but art is free art, you don't have to own a Rembrandt mm-hmm. to know how amazing it is it means nothing to me owning yeah. a Rembrandt I, I can go and see it in a museum and I, I, you know it can take my breath away do you, do you own any like records and stuff like that do you have, like a record collection I, I've I found I found all our records we had with the, with the a couple of years ago with the with the resurgence of vinyl because I'd I'd got rid of them for yeah, twenty years, you know. I, I and I still play. I still use the iPod. On I don't lug records around. Yeah, I, mean, um, I do DJ gigs with memory sticks. Right? Yeah, of course. But no, there's nothing like it. I still, yeah. you know. I, I, I st- think the kids nowadays. When I say kids, anybody under thirty, really. Yeah. Is doesn't I, I guess they don't look at they look at art being free too, but music being free, you know. It's, yeah. It, like now, it's it's really hard for musicians to try to make any money making music. So I think a lot of times you get you get less excellence in music because there's nothing to be made from it now. Except you can't download going out to a live gig. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. what you can't change. It's so funny. I think it was Warren Buffett that said, <laughs> if you don't if you don't want people to steal your stuff, mm-hmm. do stuff that can't be downloaded. He said, mm-hmm. make chewing gum. Which well, is great. That's, above, that's right? great, isn't it? You, you, I love his gems, man. Yeah, no, yeah. but it's funny. I think oh, that you 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 always need a haircut. Yeah, you always mm-hmm. need to wash. Mm-hmm. You always need to eat. You always there's things that you can't. You know, you can't. I, I bought a garbage company when I got my record deal. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Defunting Cardi. That's so gangster, room. man. Oh, no, I had a friend. That is so. That is so Sopranos. Ninety-three, and then the Sopranos came out. We were all like. Oh, that's great! And we ended up selling it to waste management. I mean, I, hey, I'm in construction. Yeah. <laughs> I had business cards that said "Carding Day and Carding Special." Yeah, do you have a trouble with unions? <laughs> Let me. <laughs> but in New York, it was death taxes and garbage. If you wanted to get into some business, that's what it'd be. You'd be a politician or an accountant or a perfect guy. Yeah. That's perfect. Think physical things that have to be changed and moved yeah. every day. We need to we need to eat, breathe, clothe. And Duke Ellington said that same thing though. He said this: a record is just an approximate feeling of what it's like to be at a live event. Yeah, of course, it's uh, it, absolutely. But it's also that's the truth as well. It is an event because yeah. so many people you they they do wait and they buy the DVD and they watch it on telly. But it's when you get things saying, um, uh, "People, I'm gutted." I can't go, my wife's ill. Or um, uh, people say, we met at your last gig. Mm. Me and my wife met. And I just think, well, you can't, you can't download that. That's no, a real can't. thing. Yeah. And I, I think memories is all, eventually is all we have. When we're, when we're yeah. sitting in our, in our bath chair 
and we're trying to remember our own name, mm-hmm. we will remember beautiful things. Even if we can't do it anymore, we are our mind. Get me in that fucking robot. Yeah. I want to live forever. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll get on it. I'll, I'll send you the book, man. I'll tell you what, thanks for hanging out, man. Oh, it's great. No, did it record? Yeah, I'm sure Imagine it did. if it didn't. I will fucking... Oh, my I'll God. I'll be back next week. No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, we, I think we recorded. The recording button was on and everything. Well, how'd you like my first podcast, y'all? I had a lot of fun making it and all the other cool episodes I got lined up for you. So like I promised up front, I got to remind you to rate and review Huey Off The Record and hit subscribe at your favorite podcast joint. Tell your friends, spread the word, and hit me up on social media. I'm at a Huey Morgan official everywhere. On Twitter, I'm at official Huey. And let me know what guests you want me to talk to here on the show. I can't guarantee anything. I only talk to peeps I want to talk to and how it works out. But in a postmodern, post-truth world, I'm keeping it real for y'all, keeping it old school, keeping it Huey. You can also sign up at HueyMorgan.com to get all the latest on the pod, exclusive news, and I'm even going to throw some cool shit in. I got some dope merch. That's me. So be the first one to do that and get some stuff. Coming up next week, we've got my man, my brother, Tim Latham on the iPod. He's a Grammy Award-winning sound engineer. He's worked on all these joints, Wu-Tang Clan, De La Tribe, and a band called Fun Loving Criminals did all our records with us. And most recently, he's worked on that new musical, Hamilton, which he won a Grammy for as well last year. But for more on that, I'm proud to call him my friend and my brother. We go transatlantic on this one, me in my man cave in Somerset, and him and his man cave on Long Island outside of New York City. We get deep. Tim shares his experience as being an international sound pimp. That's his title. Yep, it's weird. But he's awesome and he deserves it. And we also talk about the current state of music biz. You won't want to miss this one. So be sure to subscribe and get that next episode up on your device, and I'll catch you next time here on Huey Off the Record. Peace. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.